Hello and welcome to the Stoked on Spokes podcast. 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 Wait, like SOS? Well, it's about fights, rides, gear, races, community, and so much more. This is the Stoked on Spokes podcast. Let's get rolling. Hello and welcome to the 42nd episode of the Stoked on Spokes podcast. Today I'm joined by Team Bellafem of Cleveland, Ohio members, Laura Webb, Emily Langmiller, and Jillian Beveridge. Ladies, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us. So could you please introduce yourself for people who don't know you and give me your bicycle background? Laura, you go first. Sure. My name is Laura Webb. I am an amateur cyclist. I started racing about 10 years ago. I guess maybe it's 11. 2014, I started Velo Femme with a group of other amateur racers. And since then, I think I'm the only original member uh, since 2014. Currently, uh, I am recovering from an injury. So I haven't been racing that much since 2020, even. I'm Jillian Beveridge. I've been with Velo Femme now. I guess this was my third summer. And I came on board after moving to Ohio in 2019. And I actually came to cycling through the triathlon route. So I race primarily short course triathlon very competitively in Canada with a club called Chronos Triathlon Club. And that club is geared towards developing junior triathlon talent in Canada, in Western Canada. So we actually have some Olympians on the team. We've got ex-Olympians as coaches. We've got national level coaches. And with the cycling training, unlike, let's say, traditional age group clubs, there was a lot of focus on, you know, technical racing, tight group racing, almost like kind of crit style racing. And I really, really enjoyed it. And yeah, you're racing with the juniors and you're on the bike with juniors, but I, I just loved it. I was really embedded in the triathlon community out there, but also kind of got into meeting with some of the owners of one of the largest shops in North America, both cycle. And they brought me into when they did interbike in Las Vegas. And I just like, I just love bikes and I just love the cycling element of it. And then when I moved from Western Canada first to Rhode Island, I kind of did less and less triathlon and more and more bike riding. I dabbled a little bit in Western Canada with a bit of mountain biking and some time trialing, but never really went pure in the cycling. And I really didn't do that until coming to Ohio. And I got introduced to Velo Femme through a work colleague whose daughter was actually with the group. And I said, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not in any kind of shape to do triathlon or anything competitive with triathlon. I don't have time to do three sports. You know, if I pick one, it's going to be cycling. So I was introduced to Velo Femme and spent, you know, the first summer I was in the area, I just did cycling. And it was a really fun experience, like never done crit racing. And it was a, a real eye opener to see how competitive it was and what a challenge. And really, you know, when I was doing well in triathlon, it kind of became almost monotonous. And here I was a newbie starting over again in cycling. So it was that was a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of challenging aspects to that and a steep learning curve. But unfortunately, COVID put a kind of pole and you know, my, my learning curve and, and with everybody else, but it's still fun to ride bikes. And anytime I come back to whether it's injury or stress or whatever, you know, I ride my bike. So that that's where I am and how I got into bikes. I'm Emily Miller. I think I started in 2019. Yeah, I think so. so. I've like kind of ridden on and off for the greater part of a decade. I have two little kids, so I spent a lot of time riding before that and then I came back to the sport 
and I had a little bit more free time. But I eventually just decided that I was going to start racing with no idea what I was doing and kind of just threw myself at it and started doing well and met Lara after a race. I had known of Elephant just kind of tangentially through being in the cycling community for so long. I was really thrilled with the opportunity to get to join, you know, really amazing group of women. So Lara, how did Velofem start and why did it start? When I first got into racing, there were only probably about five other women in Northeast Ohio, maybe, maybe only four going to all the races. There were a lot more races back in Oh gosh, when did I start? 2012. Um, I, I don't think my first full season was until 2013, but there was so much to learn. And the only time I would come across other women on bikes would be at races and I would be competing against them. And I knew nothing about racing. Women's amateur racing is much different than men's because our fields are so small that the strategies and tactics are different. So there was just so much to learn. And I, I we kept going to these races and I'm like, why are we all racing for men's team like why don't we come together and start racing with each other learning from each other and like you know maybe just people seeing us out on the road going to these events will just kind of increase the visibility that women do ride and do race kind of get the momentum behind women and amateur competitive cycling other ladies and they were all on board so we started the team in 2014 and that was my main goal for the team was just to just to you know bring together create a community have other women to race with and increase visibility trying to get women more psyched about it you know like when I would see I remember going to Tour the Valley and I, I think it was a cat four I mean I catted up right away there were only four categories when I started and I catted up from a four to a three and going to Tour of the Valley and seeing a women group of women I think they were from Indiana pull up in a car blaring like hip-hop music and they were all like super pumped to race and I was just like that is amazing like I want I want that like I want to roll up ready to tear it up with my teammates at the race and so that really kind of fed that was inspirational for me I guess and for Emily and Jillian what has Velofem meant to you I think for me it's an opportunity to meet other women who are interested in racing and who are competitive. And usually, you know, you kind of, the, that type of personality seems to drive, you know, drive with your own because you're into the same things, you're into the same hobbies. You, you often have a really similar mindset. So immediately when you move into a new community, it's automatically a set of people who you like spending time with. And I think, you know, as, as a young adult or, or even, you know, you know, I'm in my 40s, like meeting new friends and people, it's, it's not always really easy. And so this was immediately a new community that I could slide right into because I like the people and getting to know which races are kind of conducive to learning, which ones are more competitive, like already there's this template that you can slide really into. And so Bellafem was really an opportunity to meet new people to learn the races, to learn some different skills, and to be challenged in a different way. And I think that the vision of trying to increase visibility in the community and having that leadership is really enticing and it's fun to be involved with. Of course, in the last couple of years, it's been harder with COVID, but I think that Fellow Femme is really exciting for those reasons. And it really is the only women's group locally here in Northeast Ohio. 
I will echo it off of that in saying that I do think that COVID's had a very interesting impact on our ability to be able to support each other the way that we want to. You know what I mean? Like it's been it's been such a weird time for everybody. But I will say that it was it's been such a great touch point and literally right as COVID was happening, you know, I was able to do training camps with Lara and Mary Kate, another teammate, and it was absolutely such a beautiful experience. To be able to be with people that, you know, have the same enthusiasm and drive. I think with cycling, there's a lot of like, I see a lot of times like a lot of respect to nature and like wanting to be outside and that adventurous spirit. So being able to be with a group of people that really identify with those values, it's just like so helpful. And also being able to learn from people who have raced so much more than you that have, you know, been through those difficult periods that you go through naturally as an athlete you know what I mean like injury is part of it difficulty with mindset is part of racing and being able to learn from others be able to talk it out I mean that's really where you get like long-term success versus burnout is being able to have that sense of community and so Velofem really is you know that that base community that you can always fall back on to there to support you when it's good when it's bad you know and in between yeah, and I would say like one thing that it, that VeloFem is really great for, and it it again builds on your point about being with like-minded people and women in particular. Because even on our group ride, this you know today we did a women's group ride. You know, the chit chat at the end was like, you know, this was nice. Like you said, we're gonna go easy. We're gonna go easy, and we did. Sometimes when you ride with a bunch of dudes, it's like, yeah, we're gonna go easy. And then the egos start to kind of feed off one another. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're doing 22, 24 miles an hour and you're just like crushing it. You're like so much for the easy ride. Like, you know, I'm hanging off the back. And I think that the mentality sometimes of a women's group is like a little more open. There's more open dialogue. You're like, hey, I'm, you know, can we slow down? Or like, yeah, yeah, let's just keep it light. Like, let's, you know, and I think that there's a lot of evidence in sports science too, that women typically learn differently than men. And so if you're trying to come in and learn a new skill and learn how to race and learn how to ride in a group, if you're a female, you're going to learn differently from another female than you would from a male. So I think that there's a lot of value in that in building that community and that trust between a bunch of women. And, you know, and, and of course, like for us, you know, the, when you become more competitive, yeah, it is good to talk with the guys too, because you can learn different tactics from a male group. And, you know, I think, I think that, um, you know, with Bella Femme's vision and Lara can speak to this is that, you know, if you're trying to build a community, having that initial accessibility and openness and, you know, environment of trust where like, you know, if you say you're going to do something, you do it in a certain way and, and it kind of really resonates with other women. So I don't know whether you want to speak to that, Lara, or not. You mean like group rides, taking it easy, or is that like, what you, you know, mean by speaking to, to Yeah, when you're trying to build a, a new community and women tend to be more open and, and trusting of other, learning new skills from other women. Like if you had the choice, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. If you hop in with a bunch of guys groups, you know, the mentality is often like, well, just do it. <laughs> and you're like, but how? Like, what, what is, what is this? Like what, you know, and versus women tend to sometimes explain it in a way that you get the feedback that you, it's easier to internalize. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know how, what else to say to that then other than, I guess that's what I've found in, in Bellafan and, and racing with you guys. The difference between training and racing with men and training and racing with women. 
it's I feel like up here in Northeast Ohio, it's been a very individual experience. We're a pretty small team where most of us live pretty far apart, except for Jillian and I. And so a lot of it we have had to learn on our own, I think, uh, and from guys. Because of that, I think that we all value the team so much more because we don't have that right at our fingertips necessarily. Like Emily lives about an, uh, 50 minutes away from me. Liz lives same distance, about an hour away. Mary Kate's in Boulder. So it's been nice. Not, I, I don't, I think a lot of us have learned on our own and or from guys. I, 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 it's just maybe some, some of the juniors that have raced with us have learned from us, but wouldn't you say, Jillian, you've learned a lot from in terms of, well, I guess you were in triathlons before. So maybe you did learn from us, but like Emily and I, I feel like we're kind of, we kind of ended up learning a lot from the men that we've ridden with um, up until a certain point. So I'm going to jump in. I was too scared to even admit that I needed to learn anything before having other women around. And then once I was able to be like, oh, wait, like that's something that like you have had to work on. I was finally willing to ask those questions that I would have never felt comfortable asking a male I mean like I have a husband who's like also rides bikes I won't even ask him so being able to have that level of vulnerability was so much not I was so much more natural with a group of women I, I don't know what that says about me but I think that's a pretty universal experience that you're more willing to really like put yourself out there and be more receptive to input and just hearing that made me realize like oh yeah like I can learn this I can learn this from them I was able to find resources then and it made me much more willing to like feel comfortable with the fact that I don't know something and that's normal you know what I mean so it was just really feeling much more open to analyzing my own weaknesses in areas where I might be you know lacking or underperforming yeah I agree with that I don't think I have anything else to add that you know like yeah you pick up you know I've picked up some stuff but nothing for crit you know never had the opportunity to learn from other women in crit racing until to Lars point, you know, maybe the tactics are a little different because it is a different, the field for women are a little bit different than a, than a man's man's field just because of the numbers and different levels of expertise and riding and fitness. And so it, there is some women specific stuff when you are in, you know, a local area. And, you know, I think, yeah, like thinking back to our group ride, group rides, every time we finally get together, we're like, yeah, this is nice. Why don't we do it more? Like, this is actually like a nice experience rather than trying to dangle off sometimes the back of a men's group, even though you're a strong cyclist. And, you know, I've done a little bit more mountain biking. And I think that's one that really does speak to like difference in males and females. Like men's are like, yeah, just, just hit it. And you're like, well, I, but I I don't want to smash my face. Like I want to, I want to go to work tomorrow. So can we break this down into smaller pieces? And, you know, I think that's been shown that kind of mentality is universal across like several sports. It's not just cycling, it's cycling or skiing or anything that there's an element of risk and an element of tactic male and females tend to do it differently or, you know, approach it differently. And that's, that's a really sweeping statement. And I totally get that. Uh, But in general, that's why some of these women's groups you see really kind of flourish when, especially when you're introducing new women into the sport or women who are new to the sport, I should rephrase that. Did you ladies all meet because of the team or did you meet before any of you joined or how's the story behind that? Every single member of Velofem, except 
except for my sister. Yeah, every, everybody who's been a teammate over the course of the past seven, eight years has we've only we've met through cycling. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would have met these ladies if it hadn't been. Well, I know I wouldn't have, and I know I wouldn't have gotten you know, into the cycling community. And I never probably would have really gotten into trying some cyclocross racing if it hadn't been for Bellafem. Can you talk about your other teammates? You have Liz and Mary Kate, right? Liz is a Cat 3 road racer and has just gained a national championship title in Paralympics. She raced in the Paralympic World Cup, I believe it is, this past July. Mary, Kate's in, Mary Kate is a track cyclist. And she is currently in Colorado Springs training at the Paralympic or at the Olympic training center out there for track world. She just qualified for track world. I hope I'm getting this right. <laughs> so Paralympic track world. So both of them are para athletes, are para athletes. Mary Kate is not a para athlete. She is a pilot for a blind athlete on a tandem bike. Liz has a disability so she is a class I'm not sure what class para athlete she qualified this year and has been really successful in her endeavors so how has the team changed since its inception so when we first started it was a group of cat two and three road racers and I think when we first came together it was kind of like a democracy and everybody had a say on who could be on the team and it was pretty strict. Like everybody wanted to vote who was on, vote people in, had specific ideas for what they wanted the team to be. But when it came, as time went on, it just people were, you know, they were really interested more in their own race career than not even interested, but only had time for their race career more than they did for the team. And so, really investing in the in the mission of the team has changed the dynamic so we've really we've had a variety of different levels of athletes that have joined the team since then like when we first started we were all kind of similar fitness level similar experience and then most people went on to join other teams and just pursue more of an individual race career and then the team just kind of involved evolved more into its mission in terms of growing the sport and bringing more women into ride into into the competitive sport of cycling. And can you talk about the team dynamic? Um, you know, what's your training like? What's your racing like? What's the support like between each other? What are your disciplines? I'll jump in and say uh, that we're all we all kind of pursue our own discipline. I think at this point, and it kind of has been that way for a while. Got track cyclists, cyclocross racers, mountain bikers, road crit. Jillian has participated in some road and crit events, and unfortunately, she joined right around COVID time. So as she was gearing up for that season, it kind of was canceled. And then I feel like, uh, I'll let Jillian speak to this, but I feel like she's kind of pivoted more towards the mountain biking area of things. And then Liz has really put her focus into the Paralympics. So she's kind of being, she's being much more selective about what races she does on an amateur level. And for me, I'm a crit racer. I love racing crit. Some, someday maybe you'll see me back on the cyclocross circuit, but for now I'm focusing on that. Yeah, I think, and, you know, 
I think that, you know, you really explained uh, what, what the team was and what it's, what it is now. And I, I think, yeah, we're all sort of pursuing our, our, our within cycling disciplines. But I think one of the things that we, we tend to do is at the start of the year, come January, we usually have a team meeting. There's usually at least, you know, an Excel sheet where it's like, okay, well you put your, you know, put your races on, what are our goals for the season? Is there, where's, where's the point? Where are the touch points where we all overlap? Can we do some group rides? Are we going to, are we all going to a cyclocross event? Who's got the Velofem tent? Like, I think that even though we're pursuing our individual choices and, and those all seem to be changing as, and involving as different, you know, whether it's, you know, the rise of gravel or, you know, like for, for example, I came in, I'm like, well, I like bikes. I do time trialing. I'll try some crits. I like mountain biking. I'll try that. Oh, and you know, cyclocross is like both kind of between bridge between road and mountain bike. Maybe I'll like that. Like I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. You know, I'm with a bunch of people who have done some of this and why not learn from them and just, just try it. And after I think being really serious about training for a long time, like I, you know, I was, like I said, I was, I was pretty competitive in the triathlon world and training 15 hours a week on top of like, full-time study and work like it it was a lot and so being able to kind of step back and just say I'm going to try this out like I'm going to have fun and the training will be fun and yes I still have a coach and still have some goals I think though keeping it fresh and just just trying it out trying all the disciplines and seeing where the overlap is with you know Emily on the cross season or doing some early season crits with Lara I'm kind of the lone wolf on the mountain biking scene you know I think some of the girls you know, maybe, and that's where I can give back is, you know, if they want to come and try some mountain biking, you know, I can, I can guide in that respect. So I think even though we're all individual, like, I think we all share similar interests and look for opportunities to be together when it makes sense for each of our training needs. Echoing off that. Yeah, we are very individual in what we're doing, but I also think we're really accommodating towards when people are shifting due to whatever circumstance that may be. So that's been really helpful to know that it's normal to shift like a lot of my stuff is always like the mental stuff like is it okay for me to do this? and you know having that reassurance from other women who, who've been there who've done that different transitioning doing for a variety of different reasons has been really helpful I mean personally I I really intended just to stick with cyclocross and really solely focus on that due to a bunch of injuries that I've dealt with this year you know my whole season basically got pulled and I've kind of just shifted my training with the help of my coach to just getting lost in um, gravel rides. So that's basically like basically my plan right now is just getting lost in Mohican. It's been really helpful to have that validated by other women, you know, my, my other teammates who understand. So yeah, it's really great. And I think if I were to just, you know, we're all at different stages to different ages and how long you've spent in whether it's cycling specific sport or, or sport in general, like we've all been training at a high level for a long time. And so we all have our individual experiences that I think we bring. And because of that, it's it's actually a more unique experience because we are coming from different perspectives and have a lot. If you put us all together, we've got a lot of years of training and being fit and having goals and how do you and balancing work life as well and, and trying to do that because we're not you know we're, we're not in college we're not 22 anymore you know and I think that is 
different. So it's a different set of challenges when you still want to be competitive, but you have all this adulting thing that gets in the way of just pure fun. So I think we kind of feed off each other and balance each other off in that respect. So when I first started talking to Laura about kind of the idea behind this episode, we uh, we kind of pivoted on something I didn't expect, but it seems like you guys have all gone through injuries. I know I went through an injury late 2020 when I fractured and compressed a vertebrae in the middle of my back and the recovery was hard. It was a lot. It was very mentally draining. So has the team support meant a lot when you guys have been having, you know, people have been having injuries and things like that? Okay, I will jump in here and say that, yes, on my way to go have my bike refit after realizing that that was what was causing my injury, I was crying on the phone to Lara while she was commuting to work. She woke up early, made sure that she was there, and listened to me incoherently babble about my crazy hypothesis as to what was going on. And just having someone who understood and understood how hard it was on any of my other friends who don't ride bikes are like, okay, just take like a week off. They not understanding that like this is so much more than riding a bike. So having that, having someone who really understand, and even like my physical therapist who deals with athletes, yeah, they understand like, hey, you can't do X, Y, and Z, but I don't think they fully realize like when you're invested this much in a sport, you know what I mean? Like, like you have to put in a bunch of hours. You're in it. Like when you're injured, the mental component is so huge. And so having that support was just so helpful. And that's really been where team has helped me immensely. Do you want to, do you want to speak to it, Laura? I've, I've got some ideas, but I've taken up your time. So it's all you. No, please go ahead. <laughs> I feel like I've been trying to think, you know, when you ask this, well, how long have you been riding? And I think back, I'm like, okay, well, it was definitely around 2003. So this, I'm coming up on like 20 years of whether it's riding or triathlon or like in just let's, let's call it endurance sport. And, you know, that's a long time to be trying to be or wanting to be competitive. So I feel like I've had a variety of injuries and, you know, whether it's really something really cute, whether it's being hit by a car while riding, like, I feel like I've done a lot of this, having different teammates at different stages, also going through some of it, some injuries. Yeah. It's like six weeks. Some, sometimes it's like, you know what, this sucks and you don't want to hear it, but it's going to be a year. Like, and you have to, you know, having disappointment and letting go of the goals that you held really dear. Um, it's really hard. And you know, so having teammates, I feel like who are either going through it or have been through it and can be a support network because it's, it is like, there's, again, coming back to the mental aspect, it's like, yeah, how hard is it when, you know, maybe like this 50 year old dude on his like bike that is, you know, squeaking away behind you and he just like drops you like a stone and you're like, okay, just let it go. Just, just, you know, women have egos too, and you just have to let it go. And sometimes, you know, whether, you know, I'm pulling back a teammate, and I'm like, just let it go. Just, it doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm looking at Laura, as I says, as I say this, because I, I, you know, I've, I've been there, I've done it, I've done the mistakes, and it, 
you know, it's, it's really hard. And I think having teammates who've been through it is really a source of support when you can't get it to Emily's point, you can't get it elsewhere. Yeah, I, I definitely, I feel like for me, the team has been, you know, it's not just about cycling, not anymore. I don't think it ever has been. It's a, like it's it's become kind of an unofficial social group. We can all come together in our crazy and it'd be pretty normal, you know, with our dedication to our training, which really no one understands other than people that have actually been in it. Yes, I'm going to come home and I am going to work. I'm going to ride my bike for 90 minutes or five days a week. And that's, that's, what I enjoy. And maybe, you know, in the summer, it's way more. And if I can't do that, I'm going to do my PT every day for an hour. But, you know, just having this, having the team, being able to, and and my friends, you know, teammates, and being still being able to be involved in cycling, I can still ride, but I just can't train and I can't compete. But just having the team, having that as part of my life, even though I'm not um, at a competitive level, has been really important to me, especially since COVID. I think it's changed all of our lives. Let's face it, you know, it's kind of destroyed everyone's social network. People are lonely. that They've lost the habits and routines that they had for COVID in connecting with people. And I found that the team is really like saved me in a way, you know, during this injury, during the lonely times of COVID. And I'm going to be um, to me right now and say, you're not competitive right now. You're not riding right now, but you will in the future. You know, like it, this is, it's not a permanent thing, you know? And I think that that's, it's easy to go down this rabbit hole when you have a long injury of like, I'm never going to ride again. I'm never going to be competitive. And you're like, no, you will. <laughs> Just not right now. So I heard um, when I was like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. And that's where it's just like, come on, you know, because it is like when you're competitive, you're your biggest critic, your own biggest critic. And there's the type of personality when you get so far along and in any in in any sport, it's easy to be really hard on yourself. And sometimes you just need someone else to say like, no, 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 like, this is totally normal. You're totally normal. Just like these are normal emotions. And it will pass just and it's it's hard to hear sometimes but and I think that's where having teammates even though we are individual on our individual programs having that network you put us you've been really in front of like a group of women who are starting in cyclocross she's fierce she doesn't care she's going to the front like you look out like we can be you know really nice but you put us in a competitive situation and we're we're gonna we're gonna fight and in in a good way and still be teammates at the end of it. It's a fun group to be around. Do you remember that group ride? We were on a group ride. It was the three of us. I do remember. <laughs> and <laughs> we were like, we had just started and we kept picking up guys and they kept jumping on our wheel and like we would pass a guy in the valley and they would just jump on our wheels and without saying hello, without anything. And the three of us worked together to like hammer it away and drop all these men. <laughs> it was so funny. I looked down and I'm like, okay, we're each putting in 250 watts for about a minute and rotating through. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember that. There was there was an element of like enough is enough. Like sorry sorry guys, like we're out. 
And yeah, like, so there is that really competitive nature, but something that Lara said that really stuck with me is that it's not really about cycling anymore, is it? And like, that's so true with why I think finding a group of women, if you're riding, is important because it's not really about cycling. The issues that I'll speak personally, the issues that I have that come up on the bike are probably somewhere else in my life too. You know what I mean? And so there's usually some deeper emotion that's coming in that might be, you know, hampering certain aspects of my training or whatever, or emerging on the bike and being able to discuss that with other women, because like, let's be honest, like women are just more emotionally available to discuss that thing. The vulnerability is like, I, I just feel like naturally, especially with our group, like it's fine. So really being able to discuss that in a group has like really been pivotal for my own training and being able to show up at a race and be ready to go. So I just think that's such an important aspect to why training and having a group of female athletes who are training at a high level, if that's what you're trying to do, is important. You know, that network is so important. And we wouldn't have it without bikes. Like... You know, we wouldn't have it without, you know, us being interested in cycling. And, and so it's, I think it's really fantastic how, how cycling has brought, you know, us together. So how has your local area influenced a lot of your guys' ride? One, you're in Northeast Ohio, so the winter time is pretty much not an outside riding time. Do you do a lot of training rides together? You, you're in an interesting area. You have Mohican. You have uh, races at the lake. You have NEOCX. You have Vultures Knob. You have Ray's Mountain Bike Park. You have the Velodrome. How does that impact your riding individually and as a team? You guys lead it off. I'm going last on this one. Well, for me, I mean, I know as a as a crit racer that living in Northeast Ohio is not to my advantage, <laughs> especially when I show up at those early crits in the year and just I get destroyed by the women who have, the, they already got the tan line and I'm still pasty white. It's almost like I live in Alaska. We do live in a pretty diverse area for cycling. We've got the track nearby, Rays. I don't know if I've been at Rays a couple of times. It's really, really cool place. I don't ride there a lot. I'm, I used to skateboard and I know what happens when you fall at a park. It's a little bit, you fall a little bit harder than you would outside on the trail. I'm just, I've been very timid there. So I don't go a lot. I believe Julian has gone to Rays a few times. No. Or Emily? No. no I'm telling <laughs> okay. myself, like, I'm like, okay, this is the year I'm going to go. I'm going to go this year. I'm going to go Tuesday nights because I think they have a ladies' night. And I'm like, I'm going to go. I'm just going to, because I really want to work on some of my, you know, jumping skills. And like, I, I just haven't, <laughs> I haven't made it. But I, I, you know what? The one thing that I'm going to pull on Alan's point was like, oh, you've got, you've got the velodrome, you've got Walter's Knob, you've got like all these different venues. And for like, for me, again, thinking about individually, like it's been fun to hop into most of them. I'm, I'm less of a single discipline focus where it's like, I just kind of want to be a jack of all trades and mix it up. And it's fun. And, and I think being in North, 
Southeast Ohio, like I've been able to do that. And if I wanted to go and do bigger races and get my butt handed to me, I can, and I've done that. But I think, you know, having something that you can, you know, 95% of the time drive to on the, on the day of and drive home has been nice. So I, I think that's been really fun. And I can't like, you know, for the different areas that I've lived in prior to here, like that doesn't, I haven't found it the same type of variety that I have here in Northeast Ohio. So I think that that's really a, that can be a strength depending on what you want to do for bikes, bike riding, whether you want to be a jack of all trades or, you know, or focus on one, but the variety has been really fun. We, we are really lucky with the natural spaces that we have in this area. Like our Metro Park system is great. I mean, that's not really cycling specific except for mountain bike trails, but like shout out to, you know, the local Metro Park. I will contest about the riding outside bit. I, I hate the trainer. Like I would, I have a smart trainer. I want to light it on fire every single time I'm on it. So I ride outside all winter, no matter what, in the rain with like eight pairs of gloves on. I'm a crazy person, but I think it helped me a lot for cross because, you know, a rainy 40 degree start. And I'm like, I can think of so many worse rides than this. It's only an hour. Like it's not four hours like that one day. Like it's fine. I can do this. So that's been helpful, and maybe I should question why I do that to myself, but that's another topic. But I also think, yeah, it's just the variety of terrain that we have, the variety of options for riding onward and off. Specifically, you know, I'm focusing, I'm coming at it from angle training for cross, but great. I can hit single track five minutes from my house, like drive, like ride. It's, it's fabulous, and it's an hour to Mohican, and you can just go wild in the gravel there. So it's Sometimes we think about moving away from Northeast Ohio just because we grew up here, you know, it's time to go. But we're always drawn back to the fact that where on earth are we going to get this much beautiful terrain within five minutes of riding? You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, in driving and being able to drive the races, I just think it's a really special area. And I don't think it really gets talked about or highlighted enough. The amazing natural setting. And especially for cyclists, there's just, I mean, it's great. I need to call you January and be like, Emily, I haven't ridden outside for six weeks and I don't want to ride my trainer and I need you to motivate me to get out there because I struggle. Like, I'm not going to say it's all like bunnies and, and puppy dogs. It is it is tough. I struggle in the winter and I do think it's a big barrier to growing the sport in general like just living up here uh, Julian and I live up by the lake and I think it's it's a lot less people ride up here than they do down in Cincinnati and Columbus and some of the warmer parts of the state and and getting women into the sport it's it's a short season and you have to have a certain special of crazy to want to go out and ride when the temperatures dip below 40 degrees I can't, I really can't tolerate it once the drip dips below 40. Like it's, it's really tough for me. So I am on the smart trainer, but that can also like the fit, the smart trainer can also cause all sorts of problems too. If you spend too much time on it, cause you're not really activating your core the way you want to. And you're sitting on the bike a little bit different. So you're not really strengthening the kind of muscles that you want to. So there's, I guess it's a good time in, uh, in the season to incorporate cross training. Yeah, I still think you're a little nuts, Emily. I am like, no, I'm a data. No, I'm a scientist. I'm very nuts. Like, 
I love data. And so sometimes the smart trainer is like, yeah, I can hit my watts. Like I can hit the cadence. Like I can hit, like, I just like, I, you know, I just totally buy into that because sometimes when I've got like a prescribed workout, like I can totally do it. And it doesn't matter about whether I can just get it in after work if, if I'm busy or before work. So I, I, I don't know for the winter for me, I guess I don't, I don't find it terrible. And again, full disclosure, I'm coming from Calgary, Alberta, where, you know, there's snow in the ground from literally second week of October until like last week in May. And so <laughs> like a long season, you kind of make, you, you make your peace with it. You do find, but I, I do like, Lars' point about cross training, like I think that's that you have to when you're in the winter months, like you you really have to do that, and especially for longevity. Like there's no if if you're just doing just just riding on the trainer and like that's all, like that's a recipe for injury for sure, injury and st- like staleness. And so I think again, thinking outside and, and longevity in sport and con- continuing to love bikes and riding bikes, like you got to mix it up in those winter months to, to keep it interesting and keep, and keep yourself healthy. Cause otherwise it's just way too long of a season to be kind of be in that mentally drained hole because you've been forcing yourself to be in the basement riding your trainer. And then you come out in the spring and then you're trying, you're trying to, again, build more fitness outside and it, you're not starting with a full tank, you know, in the spring. So I don't know. That's, that's how I viewed it. Like I can, I can buy a hundred percent into you know, a couple times a week, like maybe three times a week, I'm on the trainer, but then I'm doing a, a bunch of other stuff as well to balance it out so that I'm mentally, you know, fresh for when you get outside and I want to ride my bike like five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other aspect too is circling back to women entering into the sport. It's hard to justify investing so much money. And then you're looking at winter outerwear. The prices for that are exorbitant, especially for women, because like even if you look at mid to lower tier brands, which I'm all about, like let me at it, I'm gonna destroy them a year anyway. They don't offer a high level women option. You know what I mean? Like the men have it, but the women will not. And so you you look at that too. It's just adding. You have to spend more to train in the winter, whether it's a smart trainer or you're investing in more gear and whatever you need to ride outside and you're just adding another barrier to women which is, I think is another reason why having a group of women to help support you and guide you during that and keep you motivated you know is important yeah totally what are the goals for the team going forward I think you know we have a team goal and then we have individual goals I think the biggest goal for the team moving forward is to increase membership and get some new recruits on board and diversify our team, get some juniors, get some more diversity would be ideal. You know, our general goals for the season, club rides. I'd like to, I really want to do a race next year. I want to put on a race and I'm not sure at this point how how that's going to happen, but I'm just putting it out there. I want to have a whole, I want Belafon to sponsor a race at Westlake next season and I know it's like probably too late to put it on I don't know I know nothing about it but I really feel like we need to have something up in northeast Ohio that's a road event and it would be nice if Velo Femme could be the spot the title sponsor just because we, we are a women's team maybe we can pair up with Stellar Eye 
Celeri is another women's team up in Northeast Ohio. I don't feel right without ha- mentioning them. They've invested a lot in the community up here. Angie Rigel and her partner have, why can't I think of her name? Pam, oh Pam Semenik. Pam, Pam. Pam. Yeah, Pam. so they, they've been, they're, they're another women's team. We're not the only women's team up here. And they've been, definitely have made an impact on women's cycling up in Northeast Ohio. A great co-team. I don't remember. Oh, and so our goals are, you know, basically increase ridership, diversify, and hopefully hold a big event next year. And then we have individual goals. Yeah, I think you said it well as team principal. Yeah, and I think a lot of our individual goals, you know, one of my individual goals is to make it, I plan to hopefully be back racing again next season and just being able to be out there and spreading the team name and, you know, just our general good vibe and support for all. I don't know. So, you know, just being visible and friendly and accessible. And I think like my, my individual goals, you know, I, I'm actually moving out of the area in a couple months, which is not even a couple, I guess about a month now. It's, it's pretty crazy. So it's kind of, it's really bittersweet. I finally feel like I, I finally got in. I finally starting to meet people. I finally like get it. And then, you know, I'm starting to, to transition out, but you know what, I think what I've taken away from this experience and, and being part of the team and learning from Laura that it, the vibe out here for cycling is really good. And, you know, when someone first told me that I was like, yeah, whatever, sure. But it is true. Like it's really good out here. You know, my, I was actually supposed to be on a seven day mountain bike stage race, like right now in British Columbia uh, with my partner and Lisa Mensik, who's uh, like my, my cycling partner. And I had to kind of let that go because of injury. So like I said, I've, I've had it all, I've done it all. Like it's, so I think, you know, personal goals is like, it, that is still on my radar. I, that That's a bucket list item. It's called the British Columbia Bike Race. And it's really, it's just seven days of like massive s- single track, like all single track, like huge elevation gain loss. And it's really well run. And so I read that's one that's still on my radar to do that. And I think that, you know, getting established in New England and some of the cycling out there, I think is just a goal. I don't have really, other than than doing the BC Bike Race, I think that, again, being at the age we are and, you know, I'm still a professional, like I I still got to go to work Monday through Friday and that pays the bills and cycling is for fun. So I think, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm competitive. I like being competitive when I'm cycling. So I think just figuring out the scene out there will be, that's a goal in and of itself. And, you know, I've talked to Laura and then, yeah, I want to come back and still ride with Felifem. Like I still want to come back for a couple of races because it's, you know, it's not that far away from New England and, you know, I've met such wonderful people out here that it's hard to kind of totally say goodbye and leave. What currently gets you stoked on bicycles? There's so much that gets me stoked, but I guess today, I'll tell you what got me stoked. <laughs> we had a group ride up roll two women in the Stars and Stripes jersey, two national championships, champions. And then uh, Jill is a former, is a national, Canadian national champion. And having the, but having those Stars and Stripes and like riding behind them <laughs> on the ride was like, got me so pumped. It was just so cool to see these women that I have known for a long time, the things that they've accomplished on their bikes, how badass they are. It really got me stoked. Riding with other women in a group ride gets me so pumped. I 
it's it's something that you see so rarely up north. There's there's a lot of us kind of sprinkled around, but you know, it's just feel it's very empowering. Just it makes me just want to train even harder and just set my goals even higher. I think for me, just what gets me pumped about bikes is the just freedom and joy. Like it sounds super cheesy, but if I'm having like a bad day or I'm stressed, there's nothing like getting on my bike and just rolling. There's like the breeze, I'm outside and there's the fresh air. Like there's, it's almost for me meditative. And, you know, it's a chance to just be, live in my own moment and my own thoughts. I don't have to answer to anybody. I can just be myself. Let my, you know, my goals, my aspirations just simmer my frustrations. And it's something like, I think we've, for, you know, I want, I'd like to say the majority of people, like you've been riding a bike since you were a kid. And there's the old adage of like, yeah, it's just like riding a bike. You just never forget. Cause like, you don't forget cause you, you like it, you know? whether it's commuting, whether it's being competitive, whether it's a stress reliever. And there's, there's so many different facets of bikes, whether it's social or, you know, whatever. And so just riding the bike, it just, it, it's whatever it, it's for whatever ailment in my life is going on at the current moment. You know what, if I could just go ride my bike, I'm just, I'm grounded. And I think for me, that's the biggest joy. And I'm always going to be a cyclist, I'm always going to be riding my bike. And that's just part of my life, I think. And it's something I can do too, as I age, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to be a runner forever. I'm not going to do these things, but I can still ride my bike. And that's awesome. I think what's getting me stoked on bikes right now is getting stoked on bikes again. I had a really rough, 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 rough end of winter. I was burned out. I like literally didn't even want to look at my bike. I was crying through like 90% of my intervals it was very cute so what has been great for me right now is falling back in love with it I've just been doing a lot of like weird gravel rides with like eating soggy cliff bars in the rain and getting lost and falling down hills and hiking over things and I've been having fun again and I think that as competitive women sometimes we might amp that up a little bit too much. I know that I specifically did, and it did. It wasn't fun anymore. So I think that's what's the most fun for me right now is focusing on making it fun again and finding the fun and what cycling is for me. And that is this adventure and being goofy. And it's the only place I really feel like I can be authentically myself. You know, it doesn't really. I don't really fit into a lot of normal social settings as 100% me, but I can show up on a bike with a group of other people who love bikes, especially women, and I can be 100% authentically me, and I feel fully seen and heard, and then I'm with my people. So, yeah, just falling back in love with that is definitely where I'm at. Well, thanks for joining me today. Any last words? No, I think that's it. Great question. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think if there's anything to take away from all of this or anybody listening is that, you know, you want to just find your community and it's usually with use use your community, use people on bikes. You normally there everybody has some sort of flavor that or some element that's gonna drive. And I think it's just such a it's such a great community and it's so unifying. I just love it. Thanks for doing it, Alan. The podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us.
Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Stoked on Spokes podcast. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, rate us, and tell your friends about it. Check out our Patreon page for additional bonus content. And follow our Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on all the things we are working on. Until next time, just keep rolling.